Welcome to the Intermezzo Podcast for Music Therapy Students. We are your hosts, Aaron Spring and Amy Dunlap. We are two board-certified music therapists who remember fondly the experiences, excitement, and challenges of being a music therapy student. Each month, we'll provide interviews, resources, and ideas to help you navigate the journey into the music therapy profession. Use the podcast as a break between classes, sessions, and performances to connect with others who have been and are in your shoes. This intermezzo is for you. Hello and welcome to the Intermezzo podcast. This is our third episode and we'll be talking about what you can do to get ahead this summer and how to make the most of your breaks from school. Uh, Tonight we will be interviewing Brianna Larson, who is a music therapist in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Brianna was actually my co-intern during internship and so I'm really happy to have her on the podcast today. Hey Brianna. Hello. How are you this evening? I'm great. First of all, you just got a new job and just moved to a new city. So why don't you tell me about that? Yeah, I just, I'm in my third week now, so it's been pretty exciting. I had been a contractor in South Dakota, and that was fresh out of internship, and so I did that for six months, and then saw this post on Facebook for um, the company I'm currently working for, Living Spirit services and it was just something I thought I'd go for and I was really shocked when she offered me the job on the interview but it's been history since and so I moved out here and now I'm primarily working with older adults and adults with neurological issues but it's been a really exciting and huge learning curve just in three weeks so it's been really great. Awesome and I know NMT is something that you're really interested in. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, A lot of the clients we see, we use those types of techniques, and I'm excited to actually get the NMT training done at National Conference this coming fall. Well, I'm so happy for you. And uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about, uh, quickly, how you got to be uh, where you are now in Minneapolis, um, where you went to school? Sure. Um, I went to school at the University of North Dakota. I kind of had a slightly different route. I started school at a small private school in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that did not offer a music therapy program. And then it one day it just kind of hit me and went, music therapy is the thing for you. You need to, this is what you need to do. And um, so the next semester I had transferred up to North Dakota and it was a really great move for me. Definitely haven't looked back since. So then after after North Dakota, that's when I headed out to California with you at Music Works. But you actually have two really interesting parts of your music therapy journey that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, first of all, you grew up in a house with a music therapist. That's right. My mother is actually a music therapist, which is pretty unique, and I, I think it's pretty awesome. I don't know of anyone else that has that. I know there's an aunt and niece, but still that's pretty awesome. But what I think is 
unique is I really didn't know a whole lot about music therapy when I was younger. My mom did her thing and let me do what I wanted to. So it just was kind of unique how that's the journey that I ended up traveling as well. Because you didn't think that you wanted to be a music therapist for a long time. No. Well, first of all, I didn't want to be one of those that just followed in my mother's footsteps. And secondly, when I had observed someone, I think my freshman year of college, I saw someone that was working with kids with severe disabilities, and I didn't care for it. But So I thought that door was kind of closed, but it's definitely not closed. Awesome. I'm glad it's not. And second of all, you mentioned that after you graduated or finished your coursework at University of North Dakota, that you came to Music Works as an intern where we met. But that wasn't your first internship choice, was it? No, I had actually had another offer for a hospice placement, which was definitely something that I had extremely little experience in, which was why it was a a, poss- a good possible choice for me, but Music Works, I think, for me, was an overall better choice. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, you kind of had this unexpected uh, period of time between your coursework and starting at Music Works, didn't you? Right, yeah. I had, I think, three or four months of no coursework. I had finished school in December, and then internships started up in April, and that was one of the decisions I had to make was, okay, start internship in January or sit around at home and find something else to do for the time being. I had a similar situation. I actually had nine months off uh, for the same reason, choosing, you know, either to start the internship I wanted later or not and go straight into it. But I was really impressed when we met because we had both had a lot of time off, but you had prepared so well you had memorized all the songs well practiced them anyway and read a lot of the books that were assigned and so that's really what I wanted to talk to you about tonight is that ability that you have to really make the most of your free time um so why don't you just tell us a little bit about that how that was for you how you how you stayed motivated um because it's difficult when you're not in classes and you're trying to keep up your music therapy skills right well it, it is really hard to keep yourself motivated when you're outside of those those structured entities to keep you moving. So what I did, well, I'm a very visual person, so I always had to write down to-do lists. Today, do this, 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 and that. And then I would often try and prioritize it, like number one, two, three. I have to get these ones done today. If I can do these lower number ones, okay. If not, it'll be okay. I'll do it. I'll do it later. So I was did a lot of um, those types of things with the to-do list. And then for the music, we had to learn a ton of music before we got there, which, well, I thought we had to. Um, and I was really intimidated going into music works. I thought, you know, this is, place is super high caliber and I need to know everything. Well, that's not possible, but I just want to be pre- prepared as I could. And so with the music, I created an Excel spreadsheet of all the different genres and um, decades of music and put it all down and would do a check mark every time I had finished them and or would highlight it or something if I felt it was a weaker song and I needed to go back to it. But And how I started with 
the motivation for that, because that's a really daunting task. It was a couple hundred songs, I think. Um, I just started with the ones that I knew already, so I could go, oh yeah, got this one, got this one down, we're good to go. So that helped give me push me a little farther along and keep track or keep booking down that large Excel sheet. Wow, that's that's super impressive. I had no idea you did any of that. It's no <laughs> wonder you were so well prepared. Um, did you work on these songs every day? Did you try like three days a week, one day a week? I think most every day. Well, at least the weekdays I for sure did. I allowed myself to have a little break on the weekends, which I think is really important. You can't keep work, work, working all the time. You need to take, take some time for yourself. So I tried to keep on a regular schedule about once every weekday. So that's what I did. So every day doing just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that that's clear. That makes sense. I think it's good to stay, have a routine anytime that you just have copious amounts of time. Um, th- I'm curious, did you do it in the morning or did you practice more at night? Are you one of those that gets up and gets it over with or what? Oh, no, definitely not. I am not a morning person. So I would either do it in the afternoon or the evening. But actually, I, I'm, if I recall correctly, I worked evenings at that during that chunk of time, so I mostly did it in the afternoon. Okay. Were, any, were there any points during this time that you would, like, take a day off and uh, get derailed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those that enjoys having marathons of Netflix, and so that would be a, that was um, a big temptation for me was just to hang out and watch Netflix all day, but I would set guidelines for myself okay if if you go through five songs then you can watch something on netflix and then do some more songs and then you you know like kind of very behavioral you do this you get this reward yeah i guess it works doesn't it so you mentioned that you're a visual learner um and that was clear by hearing about your express excel spreadsheets um do you have any ideas or suggestions for people who aren't quite that organized or that visual? Well, maybe just going through the list. We have those big PDFs of our music. For my, this, for my example, we just had these big things of music. So just keep plunking away and just go into it until you hit the bottom. I suppose that's really the simplest way. Or keep it in front of you. That's a good way of reminding you that it's something you needed to do. Like we had, I think, five books that we had to read. And I always had those books on my bookshelf right by my bed saying, okay, you need to read, you need to read me. I'm right here. So really just every day recommitting yourself to that goal of being prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the nice thing too about that specific period of time was that there was a visible goal ahead. You knew what you had to achieve at this certain point. So maybe for students who um, have a summer off, perhaps at the beginning of the summer, it would be good to set goals. What do you want to accomplish this summer so that it doesn't get to be July and you haven't even started yet because you don't know what you want to achieve? Right. That's something that can really easily happen. Yeah, even if it helps, instead of doing this big, huge goal that can be really daunting and exhausting because it's just so much you know just set these smaller chunks and smaller ideas of things that you want to get accomplished and then 
you'll feel excited and happy that you accomplished that and feel a little more motivated to do some more. Uh, as a faculty person, uh, I was thinking that, it, you know, I think it would be really great if uh, you could meet with your professor and maybe kind of talk about what they think, what you both think, um, maybe the top three things would be for you to work on over a break. Um, and so that way you don't feel overwhelmed trying to accomplish a whole lot of things, but you can really hone in on what your professors and your supervisors think would, would really make the most of your time. You know, if you only have a few hours to spend each week on something, what do they think you need to be spending it on? Um, so I think just opening up that line of communication would be a really great thing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brianna, for uh, sharing with us how you prepared so well and made the most of your summer and your winter break. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier, and you mentioned that some of the other things you did to keep fresh during your time off was to observe a uh, board-certified music therapist. And that's what we're going to be talking about in our second Great. half. Welcome back to the second half of the Intermezzo podcast. We're talking about making the most of your breaks and uh, the first half, we talked with Brianna about how she prepared for internship and uh, really used, utilized a lot of her time during her breaks. Uh, in the second half, we're going to talk about uh, another thing you can do during breaks, which is observing a board-certified music therapist. Uh, this is a great time to do this. It can be very difficult sometimes to squeeze this in while you're actually doing coursework and studying. Uh, so it's really extra special when you can, um, a lot easier when you can do this during breaks and schedule some things, some observations. Uh, you know, I was thinking back to when I was a student, which really wasn't that long ago compared to many of the people in our profession. And, uh, you know, the, the closest music therapist to me that was board certified was about an hour away. And uh, now... Uh, where I went to school, there's uh, actually more than a half dozen music therapists uh, within an hour that students can go observe and work under. And uh, it's so just such a nice thing to be able to have that accessibility that we didn't have before. Um, but, uh, but definitely taking advantage of going and observing a music therapist is a huge help. I, I know I have always learned something every time I, I still learn something when I go observe a fellow music therapist practicing. Um, what about you, Amy and Brianna? How do you feel about things when you go out and you get to observe other music therapists? Well, as a student, um, we were actually required to observe at least one music therapist over the summer. And uh, my freshman year, I didn't really understand why. I mean, I guess I did, but I was surprised that it was emphasized so heavily and um but I think after I I did it and I observed a few different music therapists I could really see how important it was because as a student even though I'd been studying music therapy for at least a school year I realized that in theory yes I knew what it was but it wasn't until I got to see at least one or maybe two music therapists working that I realized okay this is actually what it will look like when I'm a music therapist. And so that really was that piece of the puzzle that I hadn't been putting together until that point. Um, so I think especially for young students, even those who are still considering uh, the field of music therapy, 
it's important to just see what it is we actually do because it is one of those fields that is, can be, you can talk about it all day, but you really don't quite get it until you see it done. And so um, I think, you know, that's really one of the most basic reasons to go do it. And then as you get to be an older student, um, it's good, I think, to see professionals who were trained under different philosophies, under different professors uh, in different regions, and just to see what they're doing, get some new ideas to bring back to your school. I know, you know, um, a lot of times the people that you study with, you all have very, you just kind of borrow from each other. And so um, it's it was really nice after my sophomore year to observe some MTBCs from different schools. So I got refreshed as a student from uh, with new information. Yes, I agree 100% with you, Amy. Um, definitely on seeing the different styles that therapists bring to the table. Um, coming from a small school, there were only a few of the therapists um, for our supervisors and our actual teachers, so we didn't get to see a whole lot of variety. So it was really nice to see what people from other schools, different areas are being able to do in their facilities. And also different populations. One of the places I had observed, they did a jug band, which I hadn't seen before. And I thought that was really unique. And it was just something that I definitely wouldn't have gotten to see back at school. So I think another challenge can be finding a music therapist to observe and, and finding one that is willing to have you come uh, or, or some, some music therapists, you know, maybe themselves are, are willing for you to come, but they work at facilities or with agencies that they have certain requirements uh, for people coming in to observe things, or maybe they just don't allow that, um, depending on that particular um, agency's policies. And uh, so trying to find someone who's, you know, willing to have you come, is able to have you come, uh, can do it, you know, when your schedules will work out can sometimes be a challenge, but it's certainly worth uh, a challenge worth figuring out. So there are some ways that you can find music therapists. Uh, one of the best ways is looking at the AMTA website or the state association websites. Uh, most of them have a directory of music therapists and their locations uh, in the state and you can then use that to try to contact some and see who, again, is willing and able to have you come and visit. And, uh, and usually when you do that, when you get them set up, they'll uh, let you know if there are certain, uh, you know, perhaps permission, uh, privacy forms that you need to fill out, confidentiality. Uh, some places might require a background check or a TB test, things like that. Uh, so they hopefully can let you know at that point if there's anything that you need to turn into them before you, you're able to go. Um, but then there's other things that you can do also to help yourself prepare for a visit. Uh, one of the biggest things that you can do anytime you're going to go visit a music therapist or visit a facility is to research that facility. Uh, you know, find out, you know, what is that facility about? What population do they serve? How long have they been around? Um, you know, what is their um, ultimate goal and mission at that agency? Um, really great things to know before you head in and, and start observing. Um, and also maybe even a little bit of background on the music therapist that you're going to observe. 
uh, as you know, as you mentioned, Amy and Brianna, you know, being able to see music therapists with different training and, and uh, who've learned from different philosophies and, and use different techniques and approaches, uh, it can be really good to sort of prepare yourself ahead of time for, you know, what you might be looking for and expecting to see. Yeah, I think you really just want to make sure that you're making the most of your time uh, because you're taking, you're asking the music therapist to set aside some time for you. You might be having to travel, like Aaron mentioned, you might have to travel up to an hour or even more. Uh, so just making sure that you're utilizing your time and really getting the most out of it that you can because it is meant to be an exercise that, you know, helps you to grow as a student. And I think some of the ways to do that, obviously, are to do your research. Um, and then also just... The simple things, you want to posture yourself like uh, like a professional. So you want to make sure that you're dressed appropriately. If there are dress codes for the facility, make sure that you're adhering to them the best that you can. Um, also, you know, simple things like being on time, knowing where to park, um, m- making sure you know what door to go in and who to talk to. And uh, if you need the therapist's cell phone number, give them your number. Um, things like that that will make your visit go extra smooth. Another one that I had to need when I had observed another therapist, I needed some sort of name badge or identification. So I just asked if I could use my name tag for practicum because it's got my name on it and says what I am. And they go, oh yeah, sure. So if that's something you need, that could be an option for you as well. That's a great idea, Brianna. I think it's, it's always good to be able to identify yourself anytime you're going into a professional capacity just so everyone is aware of you know who you are and what your purpose is there um, and, and I think generally places want these for for safety reasons as well so that's a great idea I was just going to add too, um, anytime afterward you know the the therapist probably didn't have to do a whole lot to have you observe but um, they did have to you know, make a little bit of an effort. And so anytime that you can just send a thank you note, uh, that really speaks so well to your character as a student and might help to set you apart from other students um, as you graduate, as you're looking for internships and you're trying to get a job. Um, you know, certainly a thank you email, but even if it's possible to write a handwritten note, I think those just speak volumes. They're a little old fashioned, but people really appreciate being thanked for their efforts. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Certainly be as professional and courteous as you can. And uh, as you said, making the most of your time, you know, preparing questions for that therapist and and knowing their background and um, having all those good logistical things figured out ahead of time uh, are all things to make the observation go really smooth and, and make the most out of it for everybody. So we have a a few more suggestions that we came up with for uh, over breaks and making the most out of your time. Uh, One of those being that you could go ahead and get some other courses out of the way. Uh, You know, we get to breaks and we think, oh, gosh, I can't, you know, stand to think of doing more work sometimes. But if you could push yourself and make yourself uh, do even just a little bit each day, like Brianna was saying, uh, make some small goals, or even go ahead and register for a class. Maybe you do, do an online class, or you do a class on campus if you're going to be on campus. Uh, just maybe one class, a, a few credit hours, just something that will lighten your load later on and uh, keep you in, in somewhat of a study and training and practicing mode. That could be really helpful. 
Um, then there's always great study abroad opportunities. And I, I know you've done a couple of trips, Amy. I'm not sure if they were specifically study abroad, but um, that seemed like a really great experience when you were able to get away and see music therapy in, in a different um, culture. Mm-hmm. There, uh, We can talk about this in another episode because there are certainly so many um, possibilities for student music therapists that aren't necessarily your clear-cut study abroad for a semester because of our practicum sequences. But I was able to find uh, one organized uh, short-term study abroad trip for 10 days in Jamaica. Many music therapy students have done that one. And I was also able to um, put together a longer two-month study abroad in Africa. And so that's certainly a topic with lots of possibilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another thing we came up with was that, uh, you could certainly volunteer at a facility that you are interested in working in maybe someday as an MT or uh, a facility that's similar to what you think you might want to work in to get yourself some experience, get some networking in, um, you know, even just being around perhaps that population, it, it can be a really great experience just to, uh, let yourself, uh, figure out if that's really where you want to be. Um, so that's a great thing to do. Uh, of course, you could work at uh, daycares and summer camps for children with special needs. Um, or there's also lots of uh, performing opportunities over the summers, lots of festivals and tours that you could become involved with um, and, and really kind of hone your musicianship throughout the summer is a great thing, too. And, yes, I agree 100% on those things you just said. Uh, that small chunk of time that I had between um, schoolwork and internship, I did both volunteering and also staying in a, in a group. I volunteered just once a week at the local VA hospital, and I would go to rooms and just do music with them. I wasn't doing music therapy. I was just singing with them and doing some talking, and that's all we were doing. But that helped me keep me in that mindset and that music therapy mode. And I also played in a in a church band which helped me keep up my music chops and the calluses and it kept me uh, sharp on sight singing because I did a whole lot of that too so if you can find any way to keep your musicianship skills going that and even in a fun way it's it has a lot of value uh, I think that's a great idea, Brianna. Uh, you can especially really push your repertoire if you are able to go around and do some room visits at a, at a place like a nursing home or, a, like you said, the VA hospital, a place where there are people who would request a lot of different songs and could really push you in, in learning repertoire. Well, I think that we are about out of time. Uh, we really appreciate, Brianna, you being with us today. Uh, sharing your strategies and your experience, uh, getting things done over breaks. Again, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can rate it on iTunes. Uh, You can also uh, like our Facebook page, uh, follow us on Twitter at Intermezzo2013, or you can support the internet support the podcast by going to centralohiomusictherapy.com and selecting the Amazon link before making your Amazon order. 